All right, hello Down the YV peers. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. I'm Cantera here, and we are so excited to be chatting with Curtis Brown today. Yay. Curtis, thank Woo. you for being here. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> so about a year ago, I was so excited. I think I saw a Playbill article first, perhaps. Oh yeah, how did I we think come it was a Playville it? article that there was yep. this photo series from Broadway Box celebrating yep. The Wizard of Oz and Curtis Brown was the photographer and costumes were by Beck Jones and that was a year ago, October 2019, right? It it was a year ago. Actually, now all of the memories are popping up that all of our um shoot dates and our posts that we were getting ready to launch it all on Halloween. Um, so everything was kind of happening this past month. We did a few shoots in September because, um, like Christine Ebersole, she, you know, Christine Ebersole, my best friend. Uh, <laughs> and she doing was great <laughs> yeah. She was filming in LA and we only had one day together. Um, and so she was our first shoot, if my memory serves me right. Um, and yeah, it's actually the very first shoot and we did that in September. So she was the earliest one. She was the one that we dipped our toes in the water to see how it was. And then the rest was all a year ago in October. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. So you were like deep in the Instagram hustle of getting all these photos out at this time, like teasers. This was like the teaser time before it was like fully dropped. Yeah. We, uh, we partnered up with Broadway box. They produced the series and they created a three week like launch, um, that, was like teasing everything. We had a videographer, Jay Tell, who filmed everything that I was very specific about not giving anything away, uh, or it was all in black and white, or they didn't show the full costume or their full makeup. Uh, and we launched those all leading up until the Halloween drop because we wanted to do it in August because that was when the movie uh, anniversary was, but there was just no way after Tony's season and uh, to get anybody available to try and be a part of any of our shoots after the Tony season. So we're like, we'll wait. Halloween seems like a good time because around Halloween's when everyone wants to get dressed up and yeah, be a part yeah. of the Wizard of Oz anyway. So you probably inspired so much um so oh, yeah. many good cosplay costumes. Yes. I, <laughs> I hope bet so. people use this as like <laughs> inspiration. The Bible now to be like yeah. the most like eclectic and like magical versions of these characters. Yes. Okay, so before we get into yes. the photo shoot, we want to hear about your first exposure to Oz. Where did it come oh, up for gosh. in your life? And like, yeah. go, just well, tell us everything. It's one, of, it's one of those things I think it's the Wizard of Oz is always there and you don't really remember the first pinpoint of exactly what happened. But the first memory I have, and I, I'd already known the Wizard of Oz by now, but what really made me connected to it was I was going camping. We used to go camping every year as a family. And if we did our chores early or we got good grades, like our parents let us stay up an hour later. But then they would always like scratch our heads or our backs and make us fall asleep right on time. But I remember one night I couldn't sleep. I think I was afraid we were out camping in North Carolina and my dad started singing somewhere over the rainbow over and over again, just while scratching my head. And it's like that one memory that connects me to the wizard of Oz that made me like fall in love with, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those stories that I obviously loved. Uh, it's everything. I'm a theater major. I'm a super nerd. But that moment with my dad was the time that I was like, you know, this is something really special. And then I started overly watching it over and over again. So, yeah, it's the one you burn in your VHS player. Yes, we <laughs> talk about that yeah. all the time. Like, I remember yeah. mine was a taped off of TV yes. copy. So um, I remember the commercials for like Roseanne. Yeah. Like the commercials for Roseanne and whatever other like that sitcoms right. were on at that time. So many Campbell's Soup commercials. Like I remember the commercials in yeah. between the scenes too. Like it is so like ingrained. Yes. And just like you said, very present. Like I can't remember not knowing. Oh yeah. Well, and it's the music is just so iconic that even like the overture, the bump bump, like the beginning notes are so we had a vinyl player that we played all the time in our house. And so you just would hear it. And I just instantly got into the mindset that I was either Dorothy that day or the Tin Man that day. Like, and it, you just carry that persona with you, even if they're just playing it in the background. <laughs> That's beautiful. Did you bring any musical elements? I, I know we're going to get into the shoot more, but did you bring any musical elements to the shoot? We didn't bring musical elements because we were so strict on time uh, with our permits with the park, but I did bring in personal 
backstories that I wanted them to connect with because we really wanted to kind of create our own Wizard of Oz, a little more modern day version outside of just the movie or the book. Um, so, oh, I'm so excited um, to hear more about that. That's a little secret. <laughs> oh, okay, great. All right. So, also, so like, what? So, I love this beautiful connection you had with your dad singing to you. So, what throughout your life, what has Oz represented for you or informed you in your work and your artistry? Well, I think as uh, simple as it is, was the Technicolor. Uh, I am a I'm obsessed with color, especially in my photography. Everything I use is a lot of projected color, a lot of color use. And the movie was just so smart on how they used color, color to affect emotion, uh, where they sparked sharper contrasted imagery to like make you really feel affected by something. Color was like the one thing that I was obsessed with in the movie. And it's such a thing that I think at like 10 years old, you you don't think about color, but here I am. <laughs> I was obsessed with the colors. So uh, that was a big part of the series for us was like getting those colors in, getting the colors out of it. Uh, but the movie, I would say, yeah, it was just, it was so colorful. And I think what's interesting was when the first time I watched it, my parents were playing it and I was like, I don't want to watch this black and white film. You know, and they 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 kept quiet because they knew what was coming, uh, and I was screaming when she walked out of the house. It was a great moment. <laughs> I had that exact same moment. I I think we we talked about this just when we first started our our pod and started talking. I remember watching the VHS and yeah, feeling like what I'm not going to enjoy this. this. I'm not going to like movie. it. Yeah. What? And then yeah. it's just jaw dropping when it does happen. And I'd never had that experience before. No, and imagine being in the theater for the first time when you're not expecting it. And then I just can't. That's one of those moments that I think is, you know, that's why it's movie history. Because they did something that was revolutionary. Of course. (sighs) Okay, so I love this. Um, What kind of Oz lover are you now like with there's people who collect there are people who listen to the music stay in touch with the films like what's happening and there's people like us who find like (laughs) i think we're like the spiritual approach to oz we find such like um meaning and parallels um and metaphors that help us get through especially this pandemic have been helping us get through this um could you tell us a little bit about like what is ozzy around you right now well, if you want to see something that's Aussie right next to me, I know no one on the podcast can see, but it is our ah! famous. <laughs> it is the heel. So this this lives forever in our house, and I look at it every single day. <laughs> um, and we'll talk more about the shoe in a minute. But this is designed by Tyler Holland. He is incredibly uh, an incredible designer, and he hand uh, crystal with Savarsky crystals our stiletto. Isn't that gorgeous? Okay. So that I just had to show you because I've been looking at it's like blinding me over here. It's blinding <laughs> us in Queens. That was my first question I wanted to ask you. Like that I wrote yeah. down. I was like, where's the shoe? <laughs> I have I have one of the shoes and Beck has the other. Uh Laura wanted to keep them and we said absolutely not. Girl, get, get out. <laughs> so one thing I took from the shoot. Um no, other than that, the kind of Aussian that I would say I am is um the music for sure. I'm uh I listen to music every day that I'm working and editing, like massively. Um, and so the I have a lot of uh, symphonies that have played the score that I'm obsessed with because I just love hearing that magical mood and it kind of keeps me in my element. Um, I was also a Wicked kid. Wicked was my first real like hardcore obsession past Rent where it was like, what is this modern, not really modern, but like unique take on the Wizard of Oz that's like meant for me. And so I was wicked obsessed, like everything was wicked. That's when I started reading the books. And and then it was one of those cool things where you kind of are like obsessed with that conspiracy theory connection to the original. So I was like, that was kind of like my love was massively wicked, the score and like the original film that you watch on the holiday. But I don't like to over, over, myself because I've become, I'm going to have an addictive personality. And if I did, my partner would not be happy with the way our house was decorated. So <laughs> uh, I, I keep it to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. We have like a bookshelf that is now overflowing. It's like it's hard to contain, but yeah, I was like, this can get dangerous. They don't give us much space in New York to be able to put the things up we want. 
yeah, it's, it's a it's a compromise. Yeah, so I got to compromise and keep the shoe. The shoe sits in our bar next to our delicious liquor because that's the way we <laughs> have to put things in these places. But it's my favorite, and I try it on every drunk night I can. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. How is it? Is it an, is it a pure fit or an ugly stepsister it, moment? It does not fit. I'm an ugly <laughs> okay. stepsister. But, you know what? You know, so am I. I, I, get a, I get a toe in. <laughs> okay, that, that works. She has the fact that this girl can walk in this heel and was it's insane to me. That looks yeah. that really is the, tough. That is the magical version of the emoji of the red heel. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, this is the actual emoji. I took it out. Of the <laughs> and we gated up a little bit. Is there a, is there an autograph on the on the bottom? It is little Laura's autograph. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. She's great. Oh, can you tell us, let's get into the photo shoot because we're okay, just great. like itching to know more. Tell us some of your favorite moments of the shoot and how we want to hear about like how your vision came together and Broadway Box's involvement. So the, 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 the spark that started it all. Great. Well, if it gets wordy, just raise your hand and I'll, I'll, slow, I'll wrap it up because I know I can talk a lot about it. Oh, right. no, no, go for it. <laughs> Give us um, all of it. So I know that I had met with Beck through Instagram Gosh, now almost two years ago, and I don't know who followed who first. It's the ever-ending question of, um, you know, who found each other first. But we saw each other's work, and I—he's a student at Parsons School for Design, and I was like, we need to collaborate. Your your designs are so unique, and I just—it's very colorful and fun, and I would love to work with you. And so we met for coffee, and he was showing me some designs, and uh, he showed me one for Dorothy that he had designed that he was going to do for one of RuPaul's drag race drag queens that he's friends with. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Like, let's do it. And we had created this whole concept for this in studio shot of uh, her wearing this dress and us doing Dorothy. And that was for Beck to do something on his own page for the 85th anniversary. And then I went home and I was thinking about it and I was like, I, I love that for RuPaul's drag race, but I feel like, Nothing is being done in the Broadway community, which is still shocking to me that they, no one did anything that year. And uh, it was also close to the, uh, oh gosh, what? I think the 50th anniversary oh, for 45th? The Wiz. 45th? 35th? 45th? I think 45th for The Wiz, yeah. I knew it was an anniversary of some kind. Once I saw that, I was like, this is crazy. And I contacted Beck and I said, I think we should make it a little bit bigger. I think, I think we should get a Broadway girl as Dorothy. And then that way... We can like promote it to someone, see if they would pick it, pitch it to someone, see if they would pick it up. And we were going to do um, Casey Levy as Dorothy because I was like, she was in Frozen. I'm obsessed with her. And I felt like she would just been like a really fun Dorothy. And then Beck and I, were, we met one more time and I said, how would you feel about doing the, the main four of Dorothy, Tin Man, Scarecrow and Lion? And he was like, yeah, great. I can, I can knock it out while I'm in school. I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> and then we, so we had these ideas and then I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, we really should have like at least one of the witches. I was like, so what if we did like the wicked witch? So I said, Hey, Beck, <laughs> like, what if we also got a witch? He's like, okay, that's great. Like you need to like chill out. <laughs> so we like created this idea of like our dream cast of who we wanted, um, dream locations. Cause I knew I wanted to shoot in New York. Cause it was kind of this symbol of the Wizard of Oz, New York celebrates Wizard of Oz, Broadway celebrates Wizard of Oz, Broadway's in New York, you know. And so I met with Josh Ferry at Broadway Box and we had done a series the year before and I knew that he was looking for something for a fall pitch. And I said, I have the perfect pitch for you. I think you guys are gonna freak out. And he said, this is everything. Uh, can we do a few more? <laughs> so. We ended up with, I think we had 11. We had 11 people out of the one that Beck wanted to do. And we gave him a run for his money. But you know what? I'm. It was so incredible being able to actually put both of the witches, getting a wizard in there, having the monkey, which is such a symbol for so many people. Also, everything that we wanted wasn't just because they're a great character. It's because they symbolize something. Uh, the whole series to us um, and to me and how I was shooting was some kind of symbolism. I wanted it to connect to like me personally as Curtis, me personally as a gay man, me personally as a New Yorker, but also as a Wizard of Oz fan. So everything had these little bit of undertones and like the people we picked were very specific to what we were hoping for. Uh, our gender bending with the scarecrow was very important to us. Um, we really wanted to get, um, Adrian Warren, who is, uh, Tina, 
nominated for as Tina and Tina the musical, but she was in the thick of getting into Tina opening. And so uh, we knew she was a no, which is totally fine. Uh, and, but we knew the back of our heads is like, yeah, it's Laura Osnes. Like if you had to pick anyone on Broadway, that is Dorothy, that is our princess from the wizard of Oz, it would be Laura Osnes. And she jumped. It's okay. I am jumping all over the place. Cause I get so excited about this. We're following. <laughs> this is great. What's so great about it, I know that you've probably noticed anyone you talk about, is everyone has a connection to The Wizard of Oz in some weird way. Even if they never, they watched the movie as a kid or probably haven't really seen it, you know of it. And for some reason, it sparks something in you that's very childlike and it hits a memory cord that is like so strong that we were very nervous reaching out to these people because our, what we were asking of them for free was a lot like we were asking for a lot and every person jumped on it instantly we got no no's everyone jumped on it within an hour we heard back from everybody like yes like what do you want for me and that was like goosebumps so that was a super that was a fun moment oh do you want to know a secret story no one knows yes okay so <laughs> donna murphy is like the queen right she is like she's a goddess could I quickly and, interject? Yeah. Um, I saw one of her first performances as Dolly because I needed to see her because she is my queen. Like ever since <laughs> Wonderful Town, she yeah. is my queen. Um, and I was like an emotional mess, like an emotional mess. Like her so long, dearie, is the best thing uh, I've ever seen on Broadway. Oh, for sure. But yes, she, she's a queen. She's, she's untapped with how great she is. Like she, we need more of her out there. It's insane. My first with her was center stage, obviously, Duh. when she was telling Emily she wanted a clean double, which she quoted, she quoted while she was getting in hair and makeup, which was even, she was quoting so many great things that we were screaming. Um, oh, she did full on the coroner with voice from the Wizard of Oz while she was getting in hair and makeup. Oh my God. I would hate to hear that. It was a moment. Yeah. We're like all working and then all of a sudden everyone just stops and stares and is like, I can't believe Donna Murphy is doing the coroner right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were, I knew I wanted Donna and she was, we had to get a few names. It's like the, the tier game. You have to like get this person to get this person. Da, 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 da. And we had just got Christine Eversall. And once you get Christine, everyone's on board. And so we had emailed Donna the night of the 27th of August. And I remember that because I was going to Shoshana Bean's concert at 54 Below, where at the end of the night, my now fiance proposed to me. Wow. Which wow, was, wow, wow. I know. But Donna Murphy was at the table right in front. And I had just emailed her like an hour before we got there. And then all this happened. And then she came up to us after and was like, congratulations. This is so amazing. And she was like, Let's, she wanted a photo. We got a picture. And inside I was like, can you check your email? I just emailed you, but I didn't say anything. I kept my cool until the photo shoot. And I like printed a picture for her and I was like, you were there that night. And she, we had like a moment. It was really cool. So oh my God. yeah. So that was one of those, like she was like a special part for me. Cause I was like something about everything that was happening that night and the email, I felt like that was all good luck to get her. Cause we put her through the ringer and we'll get to that, but we, she was for Donna Murphy to do what she did. I'm just going to tell you now the day of her shoot, her dress weighed, I don't like 20 pounds on its own. The day we were shooting hers was raining and the dress is a long train. It ended up probably waiting, weighing like 50 to 65 pounds by the end of it. And she, it was cold and rainy and she was walking through all of central park and never complained once. She was like a kid in the candy store. It was the coolest thing seeing these people like become children again, shooting these. Yeah, it was great. Um, I'm just taking in the back of the bomb bugle. That right? is Donna Murphy oh. in living color. It's like this color. Oh, wow. I'm, like, instantly She's... getting, like, um, a Sorceress Beetlejuice vibe. from yeah. her, and I love it. And if it. you look at it, if you can see in her hands how she has the green nails that go, that bleeds into the, the monochrome. Yeah, because we wanted her to be monochromatic as if, like, everything is being sucked away from her. Uh, but what's kind of left is the nails that are kind of leaving her hands. So it's all, like, the green. That's why she wasn't a green witch. We wanted to make it a little more unique uh, of this monochromatic but that's where the green is kind of like leaving her body. Oh, and we love the so descriptions. Cool. We recently did our Wicked Witch chapter and the descriptions of her in the book are 
so fascinating because mm-hmm. the book which is not the known which like mm-hmm. obviously the Margaret Hamilton which set right. the standard but the, he like how he describes her skin being like parched and dried mm-hmm. and shrivelly and she has the eye patch like it's all about that yeah. like telescopic eye that she has um yeah. e- even from this photo looking at Donna Murphy like her eyes like yeah the Ooh. piercingness of her eyes with like Oh, there's something just so striking about this. Like, this woman is not giving up. And I think that's what is so cool about the witch. Like, she, her time is coming, but she's clutching on to her, like, world dominance goals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so cool. And that's why we we gave her that cane and we had the monkey because we kind of felt like this was her last resort on this earth. And, like, she was trying to find, you know, it's always they kind of say, like, evil people find the good by the end. And it's, like, right before... So that's why we give her that. We were actually going to give her an eye patch with black Safarsky crystals to match the shoe to connect them more. But then we really wanted her eyes. Like her eyes are just you. The the what she emotes during a shoot. I kind of was the most silent I ever was just watching her during the shoot because she's a masterpiece. Oh, and this yeah. hair. I love hair. this like corally pink oh, yeah. streak. It's, it's like so yeah, orangey. Oh. Yes. This is wild. Yeah, so, so we want to hear more about these, like, since we're Oz nerds, like, we geek out over, like, yeah. these little details that you're giving us are, like, what, I I, I'm like, I don't need to eat today. Like, I that's know. what I feel like. I, I'm squealing. It's, just, it's so good. It's so, the best diet. Oh, um, yeah. yes, yes, so yes. <laughs> um, tell us more about these, like, little... Okay. gems and hidden gems that like people like us who love Oz will like explode over. For sure. Okay, great. So, well, I'll say the hardest thing that we were trying to do was uh, we knew we wanted to shoot in Central Park, but there's no way to, unless you have thousands of dollars to shut down areas of Central Park, they just give you a permit and you're allowed to say, hey, I have a permit here. You need to get out of the way, which as you can imagine as New Yorkers, it's really hard to move either tourists or New Yorkers are like, this is literally the bridge for me to get home, get out of my way. Like, so us to get these permits was super fun. Cause I was able to like, I honestly got 99% of what I wanted for the shoot. And, uh, when we were shooting Dorothy, Tin Man, Scarecrow and Lion on the bow bridge, which is like one of the most famous bridges in New York was, I would say the coolest moment for me as yeah, that one there, the cover of the, the bomb bugle, um, but what was amazing was we had it for an hour from like 12 to one, I think, which is a very busy time in Central Park. But what seeing these four people come onto this bridge, everyone knew something was happening. And so it was very easy for us to clear. And so we were shooting them doing the, you know, the walk, the, uh, the famous walk across the yellow brick road, uh, over and over on the bridge. And what was funny was I, my back was to, everything. I was only facing them and that's all I could see. And at one point, about 20 minutes in, Laura was like, you need to look behind you. And I looked behind and there was probably over 300 people just collected, filming, taking photos, like children yelling for Dorothy. And like, it was the coolest moment. I started to cry. It was like, just that moment where like, we're doing something a little bit bigger because even though the shoot is great and it's going to make a big impact. Every person that was there had a full on experience that was connected to the wizard of Oz that like, that's what you always want. Like you want to be able to like make people remember what they feel about the wizard of Oz. And they didn't know that that day when they were coming to the park, that they were going to be connected to their childhood. And I think that's like such a cool moment. Um, so that was a fun little tidbit, but on that same shoot during that time, our, my main symbolism, my connection with what I wanted, um, for them and what's interesting is both uh matt jelani and ariana are queer individuals and laura is um straight and for me i've always felt connected to dorothy as and a lot of the theory in there is that she is the dorothy for the gay community um and i wanted to kind of play into it as when they're crossing uh Sorry, I love this part. When they're crossing into the yellow brick road, I told them, I kind of whispered in each of their ears a little moment of what they need to be thinking about when they're crossing over the bridge. And for Laura, it was that she's the ally that's helping people come out and like be come to their true self, which is coming to the Emerald City. And so 
all of them had a moment of what they needed as they crossed that bridge, you know, which is life. And that what they're looking at in the distance is their future that they know they, they deserve. And that's why it's, yes, Dorothy is the one that's lost from home, but if you, she's really the one that is bringing so many people that are lost to where they belong and where they feel accepted. And so that was really important to me in the shot that Dorothy seemed very confident in what she's doing, very strong and very powerful. And everything that she was shooting with me was very strong, um, except for when she's with the Wicked Witch. And but everything else, she's always helping. She's making people come out of their shell and become who they're supposed to be. And she's kind of that beacon of what everyone wants. If it's not their mother or their father or their family figure, it's their best friend or even a stranger that just gives that lending hand. So that was the first time I let them know in on kind of that symbolism. And it sparked something that we weren't expecting. And it, you know, you can kind of see it a little bit in that main front cover. And I love they use that cover shot because that really was that moment that we said, this is kind of what you represent. Oh, I mean, I have little tears <laughs> in my eyes. That was beautiful. That is wow. so beautiful. And like, what a brilliant, we're so obsessed with like finding that brilliant bridge into mm-hmm. how does Oz translate now? Like, how can it be a refuge for people? And how can yeah. we um, update it to be this place that feels like it's accepting of all? And we always, we always have a moment because queer is used a lot in the book. He, mm-hmm. Al Frankbaum so uses times. the word queer. I mean, probably with different um, connotations and right. meaning of the time, but I'm like, I love how it translates now because it oh, does yeah. feel like this place that accepted people who really could maybe never find their way, especially like witches at the time, mm-hmm. 19, early 1900s. Um, it's still very, uh, you didn't say witch without um, knowing that, that word was something that people persecuted. Um, and he allowed witches to live in this world and to find their home. So there's like all of it, the feminine, the queer, like, it's just, it's so cool. Um, and to hear that that was like at the heart of this is really stunning. That was really important to Beck and I was like, we both, I was connected to the movie. He was connected to the book, both connected to wicked, but yeah, which is why we were able to bring in such different, unique parts of it, um, especially with his styling. Uh, but you know, what was really important to us was that the, the queer connection, because it just is in the Broadway community is a, a queer refuge. Like it is our safe space. And, uh, that was why we, it was just a perfect, you know, combination of everything coming together. Oh, and wow. I love your relationship with Beck that you've described on here. And we read in the bomb bugle article. And I, This is something I applaud you for, too, like being someone who was established in the business and finding someone on the verge of coming out of their college um, experience to give that opportunity to to this, um, I mean, thrilling costume designer. These costumes are otherworldly. And what's crazy is he's a rising sophomore. He still has. What? Right. I know. He's so talented. And I knew working with talking with him and seeing his sketches, I was like, you are going to be the next William Ivy long. Like you will be on Broadway in a minute today. In a minute. Your yeah. designs are insane. Oh, it's so annoying. I, it made me feel like- <laughs> I love that. Like, I think it was in this article that his like style too, was taking fairy tales and exploding them into um, something different or meshing up different themes so you're seeing something completely new i just i think that's just so cool that you created that bridge for him to get to work with i mean i can't imagine them not loving everything that he gave them to play with and that you gave them to play with so that's just like well his school all of his professors gave him like lenience on projects. Uh, a few of them said, you don't have to do this project because you're doing this massive project. Uh, one of his professors helped him with some of the problems he was having with a few of the costumes. And then after the school did a full on gallery show, like open house of all of his costumes on display that he was able to like open it up to the school and the public for people to come and see them. And to have that kind of support from a school, I, I applaud them because it's really kind of amazing. And it was definitely an opportunity for Beck to show the world a little bit more what, what he has to offer, even as a sophomore, like 
he is well above and beyond his prime. Like, I mean, not his prime because his prime is still coming, but he is so advanced to what what he does. It's insane. Because Laura's Laura's dress, he we had a fitting with her. She was filming a a Hallmark movie, flew in a red eye, got in that morning at 10 a.m. We did a fitting with her in the dress that he built off of her spec of her measurement sheet, and it just wasn't working and he didn't like it. And so he built a new dress that night for the shoot the next morning. So he's crazy. It's, I mean, he is such a perfectionist, but I'm such a perfectionist also. So I knew I never had to worry about him and he didn't have to worry about me because we just got to be crazy OCD on our own thing. Um, Where most shoots, like if I'm working with a costume designer, it's I'm trying to make it work for my photo, which is kind of selfish, but you know, that, I'm Italian, uh, <laughs> but with him, I never had to think like twice about it. Like I knew that what he was going to bring was going to be out of this world. So, and the most pressure he had was when we worked with Jordan Roth, uh, who is, you know, the fashion icon of Broadway, who's really helped. I mean, he is a huge part of the Met Gala with Anna Wintour and bringing fashion to the Tony Awards. And he, we were, if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have had a wizard because to me, he is the wizard of Broadway, the way that how he produces and what he produces and kind of the symbolism of who he represents for the community and the shows that he puts on Um, and his fashion sense. Like he is the only one we wanted. And Beck was like, once we get him approved, I'll build it, but I'm not building anything beforehand because we're not going to shoot a wizard. So it just made the most sense to, to not have really an actor play the wizard you know, you needed someone that's pulling at your puppet strings and that's a producer. So that was the most perfect choice. Oh my God. I Yo, that, loved that it. That day. Ugh. It was magic. That day was so amazing. Cause he only had 45 minutes to shoot. Yeah. Most of these schedules were very specific. Uh, and his assistants were there and saying, you know, you have to finish this in 15 minutes. And we, one of the cars got lost getting to the park and uh, we had to walk from this. We couldn't get any cars into the location. So most of them had to walk in costume for about 15, 20 or 30 minutes to get to the location. And then we had to clear a location and now we're at the Bethesda fountain for him. So these are the steps to the Bethesda, which is massively busy. And not only that, but we are shooting on the steps that lead to the only bathroom in that part of the park. So, he, we got there, we had about 45 minutes, maybe less. And then we're shooting a little bit, getting people out of the way. Uh, and then the, his assistant said, okay, this is like, you have five minutes left. And then he looked at his assistants and said, I'm having the most fun right now. He's like, we'll get another car when we'll, we'll reschedule what we have to go to. And so he stayed for another 30 minutes and we, that was when he like let down his guard and we, that's when we got most of the shots was when he was like, I'm having a blast. I mean, he was spinning around Bethesda with the cloak and getting photos with people. And he was the wizard. And what was so amazing is like every person, when they got in their costume, they became their own self within that costume that it was amazing. Cause then the second we were done shooting, they're back to being Jordan Roth. Like they weren't the wizard anymore. So it was so cool. And like to see him in a costume that he was like obsessed with, um, like we, you can't really tell in the shots, I don't think, but he had gold plated and velvet shoes that he was like obsessed with. Um, just every little piece that was being added to him, like the tinsel in his hair that we were adding to, cause everything was a little bit of shimmer. Um, it was just so much fun. I was obsessed with it. It was probably my most favorite because he's such an icon and, to like be able to finally shoot with him is kind of like, for me, was a moment. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. I loved wow. it. He like came out from behind the curtain. I, yeah. Oh, that moment. I loved, Ugh. I loved how that was described in the bomb bugle and, and just yeah. what we were talking about earlier, the symbolism yeah. of that, what that meant. I mean, that to me is, you know, how many times, I mean, did I come out of a curtain pretending like that was me coming out before I even knew what that really was? Like I came out very young, which I'm very lucky, but to me that I always just that moment of like, you just can't help but be really gay when you leave a curtain. (laughs) (laughs) And also just like witnessing someone you uh, look up to right in front of you, as opposed Mm -hmm. to like all the digital media we 
take in. So just like having that, oh my gosh, like having the actual human being right in front of you. I was screaming. I was literally screaming inside and I have to, you know, I have to pretend like I don't care about any of these people. And a few of them are, are friends. So it was super easy for like the main four. It was super easy to work with them. But for Donna Murphy and Christine Ebersole and Jordan Roth, I was just throwing up inside. But then you have that moment where like, I was like back in the day that we could shake hands and hug people. I like shook Jordan's hand and was like, thank you so much for doing this. And he goes, Curtis, thank you. And then he said, you're the wizard, not me. And I fell to the floor. Of course you did. Weak knees immediately. It was the best. And then Christine Ebersoles, she was in a huge, like layered gown that we couldn't even get her into the car. (laughs) And was she, um, the Good Witch of the North proper, like from the book, or Glinda-esque? She's a mix of three different. <laughs> She's a mix of those two, and then a mix of our own character that we created, where she actually has a little bit of a dark side inside her also. Um, this is our Halloween costumes. Is it? It should be. Because you know what's interesting about her is they're sisters, right? And there's a little bit of evil inside everybody. And it's just how you allow it to come out. And that's why I feel like she was so good was because she was pushing away maybe those angry moments or those frustrating moments, whereas her sister celebrates those. And she owns those. But, Love it. But, but then she also has those soft moments with Chessery, you know, like with her, with the monkey. And she like is so loving and endearing like a child. Like that's her Glinda moment with the monkeys. Um, even though it's, from the book's concept of the monkeys and everything, it's like a horrible, horrible situation of what they're doing. But like, she wanted something to love her. And she kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of what I've connected with. But we're telling Christine, like, okay, like in some of these shots, you have to also connect to an evil side. She's like, why? It's Glinda. (laughs) It's like, I know. And like, that's where the controversy is because there's still a little bit of, Even if it's not evil, it's um, strength and empowerment where you're very confident, where it kind of comes off. Maybe it's your ego or maybe it's just arrogance, but that comes off evil to some people and that can be really portrayed that way. So that's why she doesn't really smile much in any of the shots. I didn't really want to get a smile uh, because she's already in all pink and she's surrounded by bubbles. Like we don't need her to smile. That's... That's just bubblegum. <laughs> we have a theory on the Good Witch of the North from the book that we've been like unpacking with the podcast because we keep... What is it? We <laughs> think she's the master manipulator behind everything. We think she brought made the tornado. Summoned, summoned and there's me. actually like little things in the text that really support it. And there's Ooh. all these like um, Hail Mary um, moments within the book that are like animals coming through. We're like, we think that's the Good Witch of the North. Mm-hmm. Um what is the word morphing morphing Uh, into an animal because she has, she's like the more herbal spiritual old school, witch, as opposed to Glinda's more of the, like, I think of like Samantha and bewitch. Like she's more of the like glamor witch and like good witch of the North is more like, I feel like if we walked into her cottage, there would be smoke hitting you in the face. Like she'd be (laughs) like, there'd be a lot going on in her history. And she's kind of a cult leader. If you think about it in the sense that she, I mean, she, she has the magic to do everything that needs to be done at the beginning, but she's a tester. She tests everybody. She puts everyone through something, but she also has her people. Like if you think about Munchkin land, she kind of controls them and has them all in this closed off area that they can't leave. Like it's this like wild, she's kind of that. I've always been obsessed with her because she's pink and pretty and is, you know, your want your aunt always to be like Glinda, but she kind of freaked me out a little bit. And like, I actually was never scared of the wicked witch. I was a little more scared of Glinda and the bubble in the movie as a kid, because I was like, you're creepy. Yeah. It's like sugar. It's like a sugar rush. It's too, yeah, it's too perfect. It's too, no one's that perfect. And it really, that's what Beck and I just didn't want is that no one's that perfect. And no no one's going to be perfect in this. I think that was conveyed in the photos when I, when I was looking at Christine's, it's like, it's so beautiful and the pink, Mm -hmm. but then her expression, something underneath. Queen Elizabeth-esque too. Like I, yeah, Yeah. I felt like I went back in time to those portraits of like these rulers that were the only like feminine rulers too happening Mm -hmm. in a time of patriarchy. Um, 
Man, it's, wow. it, it is so cool. And that's why, just so you, if you ever look at the photos together, their wigs are the same style. It's just that the strike colors are connected, and that's how that they're <gasps> sisters. That's our connection to showing them as sisters. <sighs> You're annoying. That's, <laughs> that's not that wasn't me that was a uh kenneth griffin was our hair and makeup and he is obsessed with the wizard of oz like i would say almost a little bit more than beck and i where he has like everything in his house is decorated like he offered his services for free because he's like this is all i wanted kenneth is he's wild he is just magic um and so he was the one that came up with the styles and it was beck actually had a different style for the wicked witch and glinda and Kenneth and I kind of talked him out of it because I was like, it, I honestly feel like it needs that royal, that um, Elizabethan era concept, but then connecting them through their wigs that way. But so they just compromised on colors. So it was, it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling us about Christine. Where did she shoot? Bandshell. It's the Nomberg Bandshell, which is um, right in the mall. And so when she was walking in, there'd be children coming by and, she was like, hello, I'm Glinda the Good Witch. Have you been a good girl? And like, she was totally in character. Um, and then, but that was another moment where everyone is out there in, in the, the mall and taking photos and asking, and they all knew who she is. Like everyone knows who Christian Ebersol is. So that was a really cool moment of seeing how many people were like just obsessing. And, and she doesn't look like Glinda. Like if you really look at her, you couldn't tell until we had, you know, the, the Lollipop Guild making the bubbles for her, which was actually... Another symbolism thing that I wanted was in the real world, like she didn't really create the magic. People kind of made her be this magical being. And so that's why I had the lollipop guild, the munchkins create the magic for her. So they're kind of like, they're the smoke and mirrors. They're actually more of the, don't look behind the curtain. Cause you're going to see three lollipop guild boys making bubbles for her, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, that was kind of a fun moment just having them run around with these big bubble makers to make huge bubbles is actually just hilarious. But just for me, it was like, I was such a kid like that made me really think of the wizard of Oz was having them like loving and celebrating and idolizing her. And she just has a stoic look of like, obviously they're going to make bubbles for me like that. It wasn't like, she didn't really celebrate it. She, it was just, I, yes, of course you're going to do this for me, you know? So it was, that was a cool moment. Uh, and it's so Central Park, too. Like, the so bubbles cool. sure. everywhere. Yeah, she's like... totally a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so thought out and so detailed. It's I applaud it's, you all It's very so OCD. Much. And I would say the night before her shoot, I mean, her wand that we made is a uh, the end of a curtain knob and a shower curtain rob. And then my fiancé bedazzling it for hours the night before to make it look like it was a big old wand. So. Oh my gosh, I wish I had these skills. Uh, I know. So <laughs> amazing. It was, fun, it was fun. We made every prop. My main thing was we didn't want anything to be photoshopped. Uh, so everything that's in the shots are were made or true to form. So. Yeah, speaking of that, the poppies. Oh. I loved that oh, detail sorry. in the bomb bugle about you reached out to someone on Etsy. Yeah, and we're still good friends. And I'm doing a shoot for a guy tomorrow, and she designed another uh, big flower with his sheet music for his album cover. Uh, she's epic and she will be doing stuff for my wedding. Like I'm obsessed with this woman. Um, and yeah, I found someone on Etsy. I was, I knew I wanted paper poppies because I wanted to connect to the pages of a book for the wizard of Oz. Um, and I found this woman and I reached out and I, she had just red poppy flowers on there made out of felt. And I said, Hey, would you be able to do these out of poppy uh, paper? And, how many can you make? Like, do you do a bulk package? And she, she ended up getting us a price down that was in our budget for 75. And we got them mailed and we put them in the ground and we shot Laura. It was the very last thing. Cause what I felt bad with for Laura, she was in the most of our shots and we needed her the most like time with her. And the last shot of the lap, like the main day with her was these poppies. And we laid them down we had like, 15 minutes with her max of like actually installing the flowers, getting her shot and getting her out. And what you don't see is the first time we shot these, we actually did snow and had like snow going in and like waking her up. But we in the rush photographed it the wrong direction from the original shot. And this was really important to me that I wanted to recreate the original shot of all the shots this is the only one I wanted to be recreated. Um, and 
they the poppies didn't fill it, the field enough. It just didn't look full. And so I was like, I'm not going to say anything. If anything, I can just Photoshop those and just not tell anybody. Um, but then I reached out to her and I said, hey, we're doing the shot. And I sent them to her. And she's like, I didn't know this is what this is for. She's like, this is amazing. And she's like, if you need anything else. And I was like, actually, how many could you make in a week Like, and get here in a week? And she was like, I will just make as many as I possibly can and just mail them. And I said, just let me know how much it's going to cost. She's like, I just want to be a part of something bigger than me. And she didn't charge us. And so that was a really cool moment. And then we got to reshoot when Laura shot uh, with Donna Murphy, the Wicked Witch. That was our very last shoot day. And uh, I was like, Laura, please, can we do the poppy shot again? And she's like, absolutely. And then we got the shot we have now, which is like my absolute favorite picture. So, but we didn't do the snow. I cut the snow because it was raining. And you can't tell in the shots, but all the poppies were um, kind of a thicker tissue paper. And so they're all starting to like blossom and wilt away. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, we had about 10 people holding my reflectors, umbrellas, bags over us to try and keep it as dry as possible. And she was laying in wet soil in Central Park. <laughs> yep, you couldn't tell. She looks amazing. <laughs> Can't tell at all. Yes, wow. it was. It's wild. And that's one another beautiful shot because of like, if you were behind the scenes, you'd be like, how did you get that? It was because it was just Oz magic. Magic. Such Oz, Oz magic. magic. And what's real. Oh, it just reminds me, everything you're saying, like everyone getting back within an hour, this amazing Etsy shop owner, how Oz yeah. just brings people together and they're so For willing sure. to give. Yes. It's just everybody. I mean, even down to the Marriott that we needed, we wanted a, a, a different. A, a better location for some of our bigger name people to be at um, and closer to that end of the park. And we got the Essex house, which is like the most famous Marriott's and it's in the, you know, South central park. And they gave us like their 15,000 a night room suites to just get hair and makeup done. And cause they're obsessed with the wizard of Oz and they loved this idea and they just wanted to be a part of it. We didn't have to pay them anything. It was, Oh, trust me. I was like, I'm going to stay the night. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And like, yeah, it was, that was really cool to be able to elevate the shoot to that level, especially for Jordan and Donna and Laura, like just to be able to put them in that kind of a space, kind of just got them into that regal feel. That is so, so cool. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Just to wrap up and hear a little bit about like where your yellow brick road is going and just acknowledging this wild pandemic existence we've been in <laughs> as artists and like how we're coping, how we're putting one foot in front of the other. We've been finding a phrase that feels really nice for us with like the unlikely rainbows that have bloomed in this weird gray year that has been 2020. What has been some of the unlikely rainbows for you that have kind of made this year have something special to it, despite all the circumstances that are not so? I will say it has been a tough year. I mean, for everybody, um, but obviously for the arts, it's been super tough. And then for photographers, we're honestly an accessory. Uh, so it's it's where you're the, kind of a last needed resort. So it was a, a big year for me of reflection to see like who I am and what my worth is. So I would say I was, and my rainbows obviously would be um, my partner, my fiance, Travis, my best friend has like saved me in a place where like I never got to a place of depression because he was always making it great and perfect and uh, making me realize that it's really going to be okay. And so I would say that would be, he was a pretty great rainbow for me. So, yeah. Oh, fiance. Fiance. Oh. I'm going to like hold that, that beautiful vision too of your wedding with all these beautiful paper flowers. I know. I can't wait. Yeah. I think it's going to be so great. Yeah. We're going to get it connected in some way. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm thinking about like printing off like, let like some of our text message conversations or like old pictures, like printing off all these things are then made into flowers, I think would be kind of fun. Cause we met online on this app called Chappie, which is kind of like um, Tinder for the gays. Now I think it's owned by Bumble, but we're trying to get back with them to get our first, our original conversation. Cause we want to know like who messaged to, how long did it take the person? Like, I think I messaged him first. He thinks he messaged me first. So we want that to be like really a big part of our wedding. 
<laughs> I love the controversy right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That is so wow. fun. Uh, you guys are amazing. I wish we had more time to talk about everything because I could talk for hours about it. Oh, this is just so juicy. and I um, want to cry. It, it, it is. like This is why we love Oz. It's just how excited people are about this very American fairy tale that I feel like, especially this year with everything going on, election, every, with um, Black Lives Matter. Oh, is there an election going on? Do you not know? Are, no. Are you undecided still? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, okay. I, I'm still just I'm deciding which witch to vote for. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll help you. Uh, <laughs> it it actually has been the, like the thing that is like the most American that I actually feel like the most connected to right now because like yeah. I'm questioning literally everything about yeah. this country this year, yeah. um, but like Oz has been such a great. Um, it, it, yeah, like right now, I'm in like some Dorothy colors. <laughs> red, it's, white, and blue. It's red, white, and blue. You're yeah, like a sure. walking American yeah. flag. Um, yeah. It's it's really cool just how much how people have these personalized histories that just do this amazing collision of like glitter. Like it just this feels so nice. Well, it's it's just known as a sensory overload. Like once you think or hear of it, it connects to you in uh, some kind of sensory way. And there's no denying it. Even if people have bad experiences with it, there's still a sensory there. <laughs> like everyone has a connection to it. Um, so yeah, there's no denying that it is, I, at least for the majority, a positive escape from like where our world really is. Yes. And, like, if anything in 2020, what we need is escapes and finding places <laughs> yeah. that are, you know, what we need in our, in our lives. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's not what's going on right now. Yes, the yeah. fantasy, the escape. So tell well, us how we can continue following your work. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Curtis Brown Photography. Doing it. Uh, Beck and I are Done. working on some more stuff soon, uh, some personal projects that we'll hope will be maybe picked up. Um, but we, you know, my main thing with my photography is creating conceptual art that speaks to people outside of just the image. I always want it to have a voice that connects to each person individually. So I hope you can give me a follow and feel connected. Oh, we're already doing it. So join us, Yay. everybody. Curtis, thank you so much for taking the time thank to be you here. Thank so much. Of course, and I'll make sure to mail this uh, stiletto to you in Queens. Thank so you, you so much. I'm crying. I thank, can't. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we both squealed so much. Like, I, I love that. That's, that's going to be, be funny a, to listen to. Yeah, that's going to be my ringtone. <laughs> oh my gosh oh thank you so much you guys are incredible thank you oh thank you big well, fan curtis you're an unlikely rainbow for us thank you oh, for like this this, was, this is so great this was so fun so good to you meet guys are you wonderful. you're thank wonderful thank you so much Bye. go put on your stiletto we'll talk to you soon <laughs> yes oh my gosh sleep <laughs> with it bye you too bye, bye curtis bye If you want to continue to get your Oz on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at DownTheYellowBrickPod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at DownTheYBP at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.